closure. Always be closing. Hello, I live here. Always be closing. I've never been to your apartment. So real. What else do we need? We need closure. Hey, Kaylin. Hey, Heather. I was about to say good morning, but I don't know if it's morning. So. I actually have no idea what time it is. What's so funny that people probably don't know, obviously they don't know, is I usually get here and then we, you and I chat for a solid hour. At least. we start. <laughs> At least. We've, are, we always say that we've already done a podcast. We've already done a podcast that wasn't recorded. Before we start recording our actual um, podcast. Well, I was on a walk this morning. I think it was the funniest thing that you said, and I had to stop and think. You were like, hey, did you listen to the episode? It's a good one. You should listen to it. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I will. Like, I have to preface it. You have to be like, like okay, skip. this is one you want to listen to, Heather. <laughs> skip this one. But the next one's a doozy. I really think good. you're going to like it. I'm halfway through it and I'm loving it. I loved uh, it. So I that's laughed good. out loud. I wait for the ones where you're like, Heather, you should listen to this. What's a good one? <laughs> what is all good. What does that say about me that I'm laughing out loud at us? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to leave that there and moving on. Yes. And we have like, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. But I, before we get started, I have to kind of um, correct a wrong that thing that I said in the previous um, episode regarding my tenant and the contents of her fridge so after looking further into what I thought was the honey baked ham it actually was like a loaf of sourdough bread (laughs) so it was much easier to replace and (laughs) I don't know what's funnier I don't either because I opened it really quick because I didn't want to let the air out I was like oh my god ham and then when I knew I had to replace I like opened it and I was like oh my gosh that is a loaf of bread I don't know what's funnier the the fact that you mistook Mm -hmm. a loaf of sourdough bread for a large piece of meat um or that she had a sourdough loaf so large that it resembled a large piece of meat I mean it's all mayhem (laughs) But at least it, everything's going well. You everything's got, going well. Okay. I, put, I, I gave her a little table the other day. Oh, oh no. no more marinara shower. Nope. Good. I, I haven't heard about it. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Um, no, I thought you had some other very funny fodder on that morning text that you were sending to me oh and I, God. to which we cannot, we cannot bring up on this podcast. Uh-uh. So I'm glad that you kept it clean. That's all I'm going to say. Let's just, my warning would be, <laughs> Maybe don't take your morning coffee with you on your walk. Okay? But do text your podcast do, host to tell them a play-by-play about, about your doing. And if a neighbor stops you to talk and you know you have to make it home, you pretend that you're on the phone with somebody. I'm crying. I'm literally crying. Oh Those my are God. just a couple tips for, for your Friday. Morning. Okay, Kaylin, did you do your job this week? I did do my job Yay. this week, which honestly in this season of life feels like so, I need an Olympic medal to yeah. be completely honest with you. Heather, I'm at the point where I literally have French toast for breakfast oh, and I have told yum. myself that that is protein because there's an egg on there the bread. There is, yeah. That's the level of carb consuming and human growing that but, I am But at. I'm impressed that you go through the effort to Thank you. make the French bread. Like, you know? No, I, well, I appreciate that. And I, again, I think if anyone were to get near me at this point, I would eat anything within like an arm's length. Yeah, but you're still like adorable. You're the sweetest. But you're watching all these baking shows. That's so true. how can you not eat all the 100%. Things, like- the amount of pumpkin bread that has <laughs> literally been consumed in this house over the last couple of weeks is nauseating. Yeah, which- by the way, it's still in the 90s. <laughs> Remember last week we were like, oh my God, fall is here. We're back. Still willing 
it into our lives. I'm going to tank top. Um, right. to so your you point, did your job. I did my job. I did. I've got a listing, adorable little property in North Richland Hills. And then I have some amazing buyers looking for a condo for kind of a lock and leave second home. And both are so different and so fun. And I haven't done uh, the tower oh, kind yeah. of condo thing in a while. And to see them light up when they see the amenities and oh, yeah. all the fun they know they're going to have in downtown Fort Worth. It's been a blast. Don't you sometimes like want to do that? You're yes. like, my second life or Absolutely. I want to live in a high rise condo. They have apparently gone from city to city and kind of done this based on his oh job gosh. and shared some really fun stories. And you're exactly right. I'm like, well, sign me up. Yes. I will take that adorable high rise condo and live my best life. Roof type pool. Yes. That's right. Top pool. That's yeah. right. Um, did you do your job this week? I did. I um, I had a new listing and it went under contract in a couple of days, Amazing. which is insane. And we went, we just, well, we will be sweet, sweet pending in okay. the, within the hour. Okay, perfect. Um, By the time this goes live. Yes. Hell yeah. And then I have some buyers I've been working with. I've known them for a while. And uh, there's a couple of really great houses that I think might work for them. So okay. we're exploring them right now but look at us i know you would not jobs. think it was like october, october. <laughs> 2023 um it. yeah okay good for us well the actually our jobs play directly in to the topic that we're talking about today i'm with you i'm pumped about this one and it kind of came about because a between you and me and all of the fellow agents that we love and adore and we've even talked about it a little bit on these on this podcast is hey I had this scenario that this happened. Yes, this story happened, so on and so forth. But what we've realized is how helpful it is to find out how the other person would have handled that situation. So we can talk all day long about the crazy stories that happened and, oh, you'll never believe this. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to like, okay, how do we actually help the listener and how do we help each other? It actually gets into the nitty gritty of, no, I, I hear how you handled that. Here's what I probably would have done. And we can kind of weigh that around. How are we going to handle it the next time? Yeah. But the stories are still outrageous. Yeah, they are. But yeah, I love the take on like, the, what did you actually do? No, what did you do? <laughs> and what, and what how you, would, yeah. yes, and how would we have handled that? So we actually have a number of scenarios today that people submitted to us, bless them, like love our people, love our listeners. And they are very generic. But again, I think you and I are going to kind of compare to see if we would have handled it the same or differently. Mm -hmm. So the one I we have to start with, because it went along with your week, <laughs> was a scenario regarding breaking and entering. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let you start with that scenario. Okay. One. I'll take it from there. <laughs> so this, this, this actually did happen to me last week. So uh, I was out showing buyer and they had their parents with them, which I think that will be scenario three or four. I, it's absolutely um, on the list. And it was kind of one of those marathon days. We were looking at a few and uh, we were at one house and she said, Oh, I went to the open house at that one down the street. I mean, you could see it, you know, point to it. And she's like, I would love to go back and show my parents. And I'm trying, my phone at that point decides to not work anymore ever. Like, what is with your phone? I don't know. I don't know. I hate your phone. I, my phone is the worst. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I mean, it's the worst. We should have a whole episode about why it's the worst. But I can't, I can't, I'm trying to pull up the status of the house. You know, that's another oh. scenario. How many times does that happen when you're like yes. in a house and the, the buyers are like, hey, can we look at this one? And you're like... Sure. Let me just, but um, and the technology is the never technology our isn't working at that no, point. No, it so never works. In my mind, I thought it was vacant because I happened to know that the people that were selling it had moved. Okay. Or I thought they had moved. <laughs> I can't find it. So I'm, I'm trying to frantically call the agent because it would have been a pain for her parents not to be able to see because they don't yeah. live here. And it's like kind of now or never thing. 
So I am tr- frantically calling the agent. I'm texting her. I was like, hey, I can't figure out how to sew this. And she said, she texted me back. And she was like, sorry, I'm at an open house. Uh, it is still available. Uh, go show it. Yes. To to realtors, if we hear go and show together, uh-huh. in our mind, we go and show. That's right. Go and show the house. In, and for those listening that maybe yeah. aren't an agent, that is literally a status on a showing service yes. we used called go and show that often means you don't need an appointment. Nobody lives there. Just get your tushy in there yep. and get out of there. That is literally what that verbiage means. Right. So you hear, yeah, go and, go show. and show. So we go down there, we open the door, um, you know, I'm, we're, we're looking at everything and it's the, you know, everything is put, it looks great. So it and doesn't I was appear like, vacant at this I was time. like, I guess they still live here. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh, so we've made it all the way to the kitchen, the bedrooms, and uh, it's a two-story house. And um, the agent then texts me back. She's like, so sorry. I was like, you know, I was kind of occupied with the open house. She's like, please schedule it. They would oh love to see. And I go, oh, we're here. She's like. <laughs> What do you mean? I was like, we're inside the house. And she was like, oh my gosh. She was like, no, no, no. Like, this is going to like, like, this is not good. The seller's very particular about oh. how her house looks and oh. who's in and when's in. And I'm like, go. I'm like, to the buyers, I'm like, get out, get out, get out, get out. We are running out of the house. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, uh, so I locked the door and they're loading up in their cars and she calls me back. She's like, actually, she said, you guys can go back in. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. For the love. Um, but I was, with the with the parents and the daughter, and I was like, well, at least you got to see it for like two minutes. Like, what did you think? Like, but we literally just broke into somebody's house, standing it. We've talked about this before. That's what I. This is what I keep laughing about. It's not even that. Oh, like remember that time we did it when I was a baby agent? It was like Heather, you did this last week. Yeah. Like we're still. <laughs> Has this happened to you? Like that's breaking what I'm tra- and entering. That's what story. I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm racking my brain. I cannot think of a specific breaking and entering for myself. I will tell you, I had a listing that was vacant and I received a message the next day from an agent that was like, hey, I went and looked at the house last night. I've got some questions. I quickly check my showing notes. Like I look at the scheduling and I'm like, this sucker was never scheduled. What do you mean you saw it last night? Only for the owners who were investors to pop by the house that day and realize that said person had literally forced entry into the property. So they did take the key out of the Supra. Okay. Step number one, I guess, of doing it right. But they proceeded to try to unlock it. And again, without the instructions, I don't know if they quite knew what to do. He truly broke the doorframe of the house. When we say breaking and entering, like at least you got in and out without damaging the property. But that did happen to me. And we actually did try to like get some type of concession out of this person. Oh my gosh. I think I called the board. Yeah. Which I don't think I've ever done, but oh, I was like, oh, look at you. I, I was not with League, who I, I just would have called Matt. I would have yeah. been like, Matt, what do I do in this? I needed like some advice. And I think that, you know, them, they're yeah. like, oh, well, Sue, or, you know, it was something so ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that sounds worth it for, you know, yeah. $50 fix to the door frame. But so that was the closest I think I've come to breaking and entering. Yeah. I mean, you know, on my end of things. Yeah. I think, I think how you handle it or not handle it, it really truly usually both parties want the house so i mean the seller (laughs) wants the house sold like so you know like it's it's you're not going to usually get too upset but um but at the same time i've had the cops call on me twice oh um because the i couldn't get the i didn't know there was an alarm oh my god you know like if you check if you check the showing instructions sometimes you got to go way down like don't let the cat out don't and then like way down there like alarm code one two three four 
I miss that. Well, so we're and- just, I open it and it's like, <laughs> ah! and it just goes on and on and on and on. And then I can't get it off. And the agent's not answering. And the cops, I mean, the cops showed up quickly. I was oh, impressed. I was were like, you like, all right. What service is this? And how do I get it from my home? My buyers had left. Of course. I had to give them my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> Tip number one, guys, carry your business card along with yes. your driver's license yes. on you at all points in time. Uh, um, along those lines, one of my more recent listings, I get a text from my seller who says, hey, um, some people just showed up to the front door and knocked on the front door. Now, I want to preface two things. This listing was in a gated community. And there was no sign in the front yard. Okay, it just worked out this way. Like the sign hadn't been delivered mm-hmm. yet. So there is literally no way that these people were just driving by and saw it. It mm-hmm. was on MLS, which okay. means it's going to be on Zillow and Realtor. Right. Okay. They are home, just casually chilling on a Saturday. And strangers show up to their front door and say, hey, is your house for sale? Mm-hmm. And bless them, they had never done this before. And so they said, yeah. So that's what I mean. Sellers ultimately just want their house sold. Yes. So they'll do some crazy things, but did they let them in? So they let them in. And, and they said, like, guys, I was mortified. And they didn't tell me till after the fact. They literally that's said- That's happened to me before, yeah. They said something like, well, just please don't go upstairs in my daughter's bedroom where she's sleeping. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? And then the buyers, well, how do the buyers not, and they were not represented by an agent. Like, how do you- What is wrong with you? Sorry, we don't get too fired up we about don't. Stuff like this very often, but I was fired up when they, when my sweet sellers texted me to tell me, Hey, by the way, some random ass people just walked (laughs) through my house completely unrepresented with no appointment. I said, guys, that is trespassing. Like I know you let them in your house. Okay. So, but they can't just do that. And, and Heather, you know, the first thing I thought of, why didn't I tell them that that should not be a scenario they should be in. Oh, I know because that's insane. It's insane. Because I would never think that would happen in a gated community with a house with no sign in front of the yard. And these random people were like, well, we saw it online. Our daughter told us to come by. Yes. And we just (laughs) decided to drive over here and basically break into your house. Uh, So I have had that happen and I was not very happy with mm -mm, that. And mm -mm. of course, of course they didn't even, we never heard from those people I have had it happen and that was the buyer and I was like, okay, here we go. You represented the buyer. Seller, no. Oh, the seller. And it was Saturday afternoon. People drove by. See? They just let them in, showed them how. And those are the situations when the, you know, the owner or buyer are like, oh, we don't need realtors. <laughs> what? You know, those one out of 28,000 transactions where it actually does kind of work out that I'm like, oh, guys, you really didn't need really, but, <laughs> Um you know, it was just funny. That exactly. was the buyer. like, And they bought it. They bought it. But this is a PSA to what I'm going to call civilians. Okay. Yes. Please, please, please. I don't care if you drive by and there's a sign in front of the yard. Do not harass Cannot the sellers. Cannot go to the front door and call the number yes. on the sign. Mm-hmm. Call your agent for that yes. matter. Call us. Yeah. Call Heather call and Zillow, I. Call Zillow at the very at least. That, at, at anything. <laughs> and just schedule it to give these poor people who have already been exposed to the elements, which is the crazy public a little bit of time to let you into their home. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, my that's yeah. my TED talk yes. for the day. So, okay, loved scenario one. But we made that very personal. We did. These are you not got fired up. <laughs> I get very fired up about it. Okay, so are you good with the me rest moving are with- more general? Yeah, uh, we wanted 100%. to start with that because that just happened to me. The rest are more that we've gotten from other people or have heard of in our office happening. Exactly. And then how are we going to handle yes. it? Yes. Okay. So then scenario number two 
is a situation in which, so Heather, picture this, you're representing the buyer, let's say, okay, and you have done all of your work to submit an offer and got your buyers a nice long option period. Let's call it anywhere from seven to 10 days. So you guys are trucking along, you do your inspection, and basically you just get the report back. Okay. So you're like two, three days in, Mm -hmm. you got, you got time. Yeah. You got plenty of time left and everybody's agreed to this by the way. Right. And need I remind you, you've paid for this. I always tell my buyers, no, you paid for that option period. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's yours. You have the unrestricted right to terminate, but you've got it. Okay. So you are representing the buyers. You've just received the inspection report back. You're realizing at this point that you need to call a few extra people. Let's say you got to get an electrician out there or something. The listing agent calls you and says, Hey, um, you guys about to, you know, wrap everything up and do you guys have an amendment or anything? Because we have another offer that's kind of on the table and I need to tell them if we're moving forward or not. So, you know, can you, can you guys kind of let us know when you're going to wrap this up? So my question to you is how would you handle that situation both with that listing agent and with your buyers? Because I'm just going to say, no one has the right to rush you out, right? Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that there. But I want to hear how you would handle that. I would try my best to be very polite and just say, "Hey, we have we actually have seven more days of our option period. That's right. Um, we don't intend to just drag this on unnecessarily, but there are probably some other people we want to have a look at it. Exactly. Boom. But if they're gonna keep pushing, then I'm. I'm going to get a little upset. See, wait, this is our fired up episode. Because <laughs> it so, has happened to me. Because has it? you're right. Like, I'm sorry you have another better offer, but we have this time that you agreed to. And and I've been on the listing side and I get it. Like, right. I've I've been the listing agent and we've had this amazing backup offer. Yes. And we have five more days of our option period. Like, I, I get it, but... But we can't bully. We can't bully them into... When, yeah. I, when I heard this scenario, I felt the same way. First of all, the one thing I'm here to do is make sure that I'm representing my buyer's interest to the best of my ability. And the fact that we paid for that option period and we, and nobody can take that away from us, that's ours. Yeah. And so I was the same way. Obviously, we're going to be polite to the listing agent. I have a question for you. Do you even tell your buyers at this point that they're trying to rush you or do you keep it cool and keep just I keep on. it cool. Yeah. Agreed. Because then it gets emotional with the buyers. So yep. we're about to head into probably negotiate negotiations on these, you know, repairs that may be needed. Yes. And then I feel like it changes the tone of what the buyers think of the sellers. And, and really it's the agent, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the sellers that are rushing them. Right. Um, because they don't really understand, you know, they understand, but it's really the agents. So. As Krista says, not conveying the hysteria. Right. There's no reason. Yeah. Because that would just get them worked up. And that's our job. We have to be the person that takes the, Somebody, <laughs> the bulliness. Someone asked me yesterday, I don't know how you do this. <laughs> and I was like, I've often said patience is my virtue. I don't actually know if it is. <laughs> and we have some other scenarios that I actually want you to, I want you to kick off the next one because we've talked about it being somewhat of an out-of-body experience. Oh. Um, so I, it, this is a perfect segue into to the next scenario. Okay, scenario three um, would be you've got some sweet first-time home buyers. You've been showing them, you've been educating them, and you finally get a house under contract, and you have inspection day, um, and you've got dad from Iowa that shows up. Bought a house forty I love years the ago. Genericness and yet the specificity. Well, yeah. well, I almost said Nebraska, and I'm like that would be a little too much. Because you, yeah. Um, and so he shows up a little late to the game, but he's there. And he is 
saying blatantly incorrect information. And I'm trying to think of a good example, but information that you know for a fact to not be true. Yes. Or maybe making assumptions that there are foundation issues um, when none of us are foundation experts and we truly don't know if this hairline crack in the dining room is a foundation issue or not. That's what this... So what do you do? You're walking around and you're just... He's following y'all around just saying incorrect information. But sweet as pie, right? Of course, because they're from the Midwest. Okay. This one definitely taps on the patients, I would say, because this person is not your client. I mean, this person is clearly very invested. They want what's best for their child. We have to be respectful. It's a family affair often, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, I mean, they're not my clients, but they kind of are, right? Because I got to keep everybody happy. So I think the first thing I would do was just try to be polite and patient Mm -hmm. to to the point we just made earlier of an out-of-body experience. There are times in this industry where we like truly have to separate our emotions from what's happening in front of us because otherwise it won't end up well for Mm -hmm. anyone. So it's almost like we have to literally hear what they're saying, put it in one ear and let it just spit out the other side because we have to be working on our game plan about kind of how to undo whatever's being done. (laughs) So I think I'd be really polite on the front end. And if in fact there was a statement made that I could potentially factually counter in the moment, Mm -hmm. but do it in a polite way, how about this? If I could put them at ease, mm-hmm. I would start there. Yeah. And then I'm not going to lie to you. When dad went back to Iowa, I would probably try to address some of the things he was referring to up against maybe the inspection report, right. up against maybe what the electrician said, the foundation expert person. that we've yeah. had come out and try to couch it in actual facts so they weren't freaking out. Also, I know you were joking with the whole like dad coming in from Iowa thing, but they, these are two different places to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Like the, and I can say that because I'm from Nebraska, like they do not see foundation issues actually like we do. Mm -hmm. And they have different often, they might have a different truly foundation like entirely. Yeah. So it actually isn't apples to apples. Right. Basements or different soil. Exactly. Yes. So we're, I maybe might even bring that into play Mm -hmm. and I've had to do that a lot. Mm -hmm. How would you handle it? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same way. I think you'd be polite. I mean, I'm a daddy's girl. Like, believe me, if I was, you know, buying uh, buying my first home and wasn't doing this, I would. His opinion would be very, very, you know, important to me. But um, so I think I, I I go into that knowing that, you know, and being respectful and polite and kind of exactly what you did. Kind of let them let them say their things because ultimately that's kind of usually just what they want to do. They want to kind of be on record to be like, I told you there was foundation (laughs) problems or they also, you know, and doing this as long as we have, I've learned that they just also, it's really sweet. They want to still be able to, to, to feel like they have purpose and are valuable to their child. And you know, like it, so it's kind of sweet. And then exactly that I'm like, once they're gone, I'm like, you know, okay guys, eye on the prize here. Let's kind of go through what, yes, um, you know, some concerns you may have and, and I'm going to undo everything that your sweet father just tried to do. (laughs) Right. And I think you see it with inspection, but you also see it with, um, you know, trying to educate the parents who bought a house 30 years ago in Illinois so you just keep going to the I states, Indiana. Um, and I have to very respectfully and pro- and and um, politely explain the market right now. And I think right. it's kind of you have to 
have kid gloves with that conversation because it's very hard because, you know, you'll walk into a house just showing and a parent might say, well, it's overpriced. Oh my God. And I know in my head, there's 27 offers. (laughs) You know, back in 2021, there was, it was, it was insanity. So I have to also find myself very gently, lightly, politely explaining the market here right now in Dallas-Fort Worth. And thank you for saying that because that actually is going to set up our next scenario. But before we move on, A, I'm dying that these were submissions from other agents, but you and I are like straight up PTSD because we've dealt with all of these. But the other factor that plays so largely into this, or at least it has in my experience, is dad bought like a new build like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. The You and I work mainly in really old neighborhoods. I mean, we're talking... Heather, your neighborhood has 100 year old houses Mm -hmm. and they don't go, they're not much newer from there in the rest of these ideal neighborhoods that we shop in. So it can be everything from like a 1913 to 1943, so on and so forth. These are not apples to apples. We cannot compare these things. Yeah. Um, So that's the other tricky part that we've had probably not just parents, but maybe other people try to screw up for us. It's like, no, 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 this neighborhood is prone to this here's all the ways that we have to set you up for success. But if you want to be in this neighborhood, that issue your dad's talking about, it's not going away. Right. We would we can go 20 miles west of here. Right. We can get it when then it won't be an issue out there, mm-hmm. but not if you want to be right here. Yeah. So that's another thing we always have to talk about. Right. And then occasionally you get like the best dad ever oh. who's like, guys. Oh, I've had those What too. an amazing oh house. Oh my God. They don't build houses like this anymore. <laughs> you know, who's just, I mean, like- Oh, you guys need to make sure your offer is strong. How can I help? And you want to be like, I'm so glad I slipped you that 20 (laughs) under the table. I did have a dad, truly the same thing. He like came out, he was so proud of them. It was going to be their first like investment home. And at one point, you know, we were talking about the competitive of the competitiveness of an offer and so on and so forth. And I think at one point he's like, I mean, I'll just give you the money. And I was just like, oh my God, will you adopt me? That's happened to me too. That's how we switched to cash like, and got the offer. Yes. I was like, oh my God. Please adopt me. I love you. Come on all my showings with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I will like end this scenario by saying like, and you know, I'm nowhere near having kids that are buying houses, I hope. But I don't know. um, Hayes Hayes talks a lot about taxes. He talks about taxes and utilities. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just be mindful if you are a parent and you're coming to see this house that your child is very proud of. Exactly. Um, you know, be proud yeah. and get the facts yeah. along with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I might take this out, but <laughs> I, rem- <laughs> I remember coming in to the house Taylor and I bought, the second house we've bought together. And my mom walked in and I think with the best intentions said, oh, I'm just so glad it's not humongous. And <laughs> I just <laughs> thought... We could have started with like, I really like it or I love the neighborhood. Oh yeah. I mean, don't even, my parents think we're insane. We don't even tell them we're moving anymore because I don't want to like, I'm just like, we've moved. <laughs> they get the change of address yes. letter that everyone else gets in, in your Christmas card. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I think, again, our parents are just doing the best they can. My they, dad is always proud. He loves that. Oh. He, that's like, I'm so proud of him. <gasps> What? I know. I know. I love that. My okay, mom's proud note too. to self. I'm <laughs> wait, is your mom proud of me? I know my mom's proud of you. She thinks you're great. <laughs> She's proud of you too. <laughs> okay, good.
Okay. So the next scenario we just slightly touched on in this last one, which you said, you know, you are so aware as the agent when you've got these great buyers and they're coming in and you know, if there's like 28 other offers on the table. So this scenario actually has to do around offers. So, um, in this situation, Heather, you are actually the listing agent. You've put the house on the market. Let's say you did the whole great, like it was a coming soon on a Wednesday. You hit the market on a Thursday. Things are rolling into the weekend. And let's say by Saturday, you have received a full price offer. It's a good offer. I'm going to say it's a conventional loan. It's um, got some nice, pretty details to it. Nothing is really outrageous. And you know that um, you're sellers have not gone on the market just to fish. They actually need to sell this house. And you listed on Thursday. Is that what you said? Yeah. Let's okay. say, let's say you listed on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So it's Saturday and you get the offer on Saturday. Yeah. Let's say that and you okay. got a full price offer. You let them sit on it. You let them mull it over. You present it if you will. And it's Sunday and we haven't said anything. And the buyer's agent checks in, Hey, how's it going? And you do not have any other offers. Your sellers want to wait and see if they can get multiple offers and see if they can get anything higher than what's currently in front of them. What do you do? Oh, man. <laughs> um, again, I have to lean into educate, educate, and show, you know, and first I would ask, I would say, okay, how much longer do you want to, to go with this? If it's tomorrow, I can probably make that work. And what I'm saying is like, meaning I can probably baby this one offer along for a little bit longer, but right. otherwise we run a huge risk of them leaving. Right. They'll find another house. They, you know, they'll get frustrated. Um, and I would, I would just, I'm kind of upfront. I would think I would be pretty upfront with them and say, yeah. I think my professional advice in this scenario would be to accept this offer. Right. Um, and if they choose to still wait, that's, you know, ultimately they have to do, they're going to do what they want to do. And I'm yeah. going to obviously, um, you know, do my best in that scenario. Should but we say support? Are we like using it with quotes? I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say support, but uh, there's only so much you can do. But I, um, I, and I probably also lean into like personal experience where I've seen that backfire. And that's what, that was going to be my second question yeah. to you. Like, has this happened to you? And have you seen it gone badly? Yeah, because what, ha I mean, I, I'm trying to remember, it was a long time ago, and I don't, I'm almost wondering if I was on the buy side now, but anyway, this scenario still applies, but got an offer, sellers wanted to wait, a little bit of like awkward time, like, you know, like just enough to make you nervous, three, four days, they want to wait, still nothing in, and um, the then the buyers, like, I think they they rescinded their offer, but then they came back like lower. Like we ended up kind of, they lost money because we still worked with that buyer, but because of the timing and like the buyers got frustrated or the buyers maybe, you know, didn't, they rescinded their offer because they thought they found another house that didn't, but then they came back and we had been sitting for a week now with no, oh, no. so I'm saying if they had just accepted that good, yeah. fair offer then, because then again, it's like all about that emotions that kind of like the buyer is already heading into this transaction with a bad feeling about the seller. Yes. Like what it, you know, we, we gave you exactly. And I think it's hard, like in the market run right now, because sellers still think it's 2021, 2022. Yes. It's dramatically different. We yes. just had a meeting, Kaylin, where we talked about that. It's a little doom and gloom, but, um, glad I missed that one. <laughs> yes. Um, it is dramatically different. So again, yeah. going back to educate people and even being able to maybe show them like, Hey, this is your neighborhood. This is how long homes been sitting, or this is how quickly they sell. This is the price, you know, they're selling for, 
um, list price or right above or right below. Like it's, and you know, they're not getting offers on this one. It's just like, you're like just educating them and saying, this is, this is probably your, your buyer. Your best offer. Yeah. And, and painting the picture, right? Because the other thing I was going to say was, isn't it funny that we often talk about how emotional this industry is and this business is, and all we're constantly trying to do is strip the emotion out of it. It's like the worst hamster wheel to be on. Like the minute we get the emotion out of it, it just comes flooding back in. And I assumed when the scenario popped up, I assumed we had both probably been in the situation like this before, just because it's almost impossible not to. I completely agree with everything you said. I would have handled it the same way. I just try to convey that time is money. Yeah. And I also want to preface, this is not you and I trying to tell our sellers to like accept a like $50,000 less offer. Right. Like that's clearly that's not, not uh-huh. what's best for the party. But to have a solid full price in this market, yeah, time is money, folks. Yeah. And they will get emotional and they will walk away. And I, I have 100% had that happen before. Yes. They thought that they more would come in after an open house. It did not. Buyers got freaked out. House sat on the market for another eight months. Absolutely not exaggerating. So I, well, you have, don't know, but yeah. that's not, you, you got to go with your gut. Have you gotten the offer that says this offer terminates within 24 hours or, and what is your opinion on that? Okay. I got one not too long ago that actually said it terminated within, I'm going to say like, it was actually like three days, which mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I thought was fair. Yeah. I actually looked at that. Although, although I didn't really need the language in there. I'm, I'm trying to be as respectful as possible. Like you're saying about this 24, maybe pushing it yeah. to 48 hours of a response. Um, but I thought that was fair when I have a hard, fast deadline from someone, I kind of want to be like, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's cute. Thank you for giving me your deadline, especially when it's unreasonable. Yes. Like people have lives and they're at work. And by the time they get their kids down and we had a chance to talk at eight o'clock that night, which means I'm not getting back to you, buyer's agent, until like nine o'clock the next day. Mm-hmm. You can't make your, you can't make it midnight. Yeah. And I'll have buyers on the flip side say, can we make our offer good through tomorrow at noon? And I, I don't know how you, again, it's like a subcategory of this scenario. I love it. I love it. I don't know how you would handle this, but I always sort of say, I mean, I don't think that's in your best interest at this point. Like- I I have a feeling they just listed it today. They have two open houses. Like, if especially if you're in the market like two years ago, you know, like a seller just for me, it comes off a little bit uh, aggressive. And well, and what leverage tra- do we have? Would yeah. be my question. Yeah. Like, what are where are we getting this false sense of security? Like that? And why are we being demanding? I know. Right. I know. Right. It kind of just sets. It kind of like turns me off a little bit me from too. the beginning. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, the, the, it's like, it's like an unnecessary attitude. But I understand, <laughs> I understand, like, obviously we want to know sooner. And sometimes you've got to know by Sunday because you've got, if not, you're going to move on to this other, I don't know. I get all that, but I think it can backfire again because it can make a seller feel rushed or like. I agree. Sellers want to be in control until they're not, until yes. it's the option period, you know, like, um, So in that moment, the seller's in control and they don't like to be rushed. I think it can be accomplished with communication. We could put the offer in. We check in at a reasonable amount of time. If too much time has gone by, yeah, that's when you're kind of like, I'm not going to lie to you. They're getting a little antsy. Right. I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to walk away, but they're definitely not feeling good right now. Right. Yes. That can be communicated with the other agent instead of like, if you don't get back to us by midnight tonight. And we're rescinding. And also I love special provisions because it's been like, like, you know, you're not, us as 
real realtors, agents are really not supposed to put stuff in there that's like this. Like, isn't it the most terrifying paragraph? It like, is. We're not but supposed back in to the day, anything. this is why back in the day, agents would write the most ridiculous things in there <laughs> because they aren't. It's you know you're just like I don't know. It was it was so weird. Do you um, remember in 2021 when people were trying 2020 and 2021 when people were trying to get their offers accepted and it was literally like my client will offer you a cruise. Yes. And a week-long vacation in their Playa del Carmen VRBO. 100% that happens. I mean, the Written most- special yes. provisions. Like, here's 100, in a court 000, of law, this is going to stand. Here's $100,000 over and a all-inclusive paid vacation. Insane. insane. Reflecting back that. at it. No, it's so- They were I, offering agents vacations too. I was like, why can't I get one of those houses? Yeah, nobody offered me anything. No, I didn't get anything. No. I got 2%. <laughs> <laughs> if I was lucky. Um, oh my God. It's just about the rushing and setting the tone from the beginning that I don't like. I agree. I agree. And I also think coming back full circle, time that's is cute. money. Yeah, that's cute. cute. That's, that's cute. cute. But please, if someone listening will respond like that to another yes. agent one time with just, that's, that's cute, cute. And then move on. Please tell please. us. And we will have you on. And tell on. us how it was received. And we will buy you a bottle of wine because yes. that's so boss. That's cute. <laughs> okay. So moving on, the next scenario, this one I have heard from multiple agents I do not know if it is a 2023 thing because I'm going to be honest with you. I hadn't really heard it prior. Here is the next scenario, Heather. You are working with a buyer. You are approached by a buyer and they, you have the amazing initial consultation call where everybody gets on the same page. They say that they'd like to work with you. You find out where they're looking, what their budget is. You set them up with lenders potentially, and you kind of do everything you would do with a normal buyer few weeks go by or however long and they come back to you and say in one way or another, hey, just to let you know, we're working with multiple agents. Now that we've heard so many of these scenarios, I'm actually going to tell you, let's say they actually either brought that to you at the beginning. Hey, we want to work with you, but we also have another agent or they tell you later. I am truly shocked at how much I'm hearing this. And that might make me be a grandma because obviously, you know, the way that I've operated through this entire industry has been with exclusivity on both obviously listing and then buyers. But because we're hearing this so much, I I couldn't wait to bring this one up because I am dying to know how you would handle it. And then I actually, I literally want a listener to tell me if they handled it differently than we did. But it, what would you do if, one of your buyers wanted to work with you and either another agent or multiple agents on helping them find their next house. You're probably not going to agree with what I say. Oh my God. No, I want to hear it. Oh my I, God. I would say no. You would say no. I would say that's just in a very polite way. I think I'm at a point in my career now where I, I, I want to work with a buyer and know that we're on the same page and that this, you know, it gets too confusing. Like, it gets way, and that's, this is all something I explain to the buyer, obviously. I don't just say no, but I explain why it's, it's, you know, it may not be in your best interest to have multiple agents. And then, you know, I kind of would lay it out that that's just not how this works. But if you want to do that, you can. It I'm just probably won't not be with me. I mean, I'm not I don't know gal. if I'm, maybe take this out. I don't know. I think that's how I, yeah, I just, but normally, not to toot my own horn, normally when I tell them why they should not do that. They just work with me. So yes. maybe I haven't had anybody no. say bye. That's su um, that's success. But it right is there. happening a lot, yes. and I think newer agents might be 
you know, being taken advantage of. Because what, maybe if you are new, you don't have anything else going on. So maybe you have the mentality of what do I have to lose? Which I also see that point. You know what? Like maybe it works out and I get, I have a commission and I have a great client and, um, you know, maybe it's worth the risk for you because you're like, I'm just trying to get my name out there and build business and like, you know, but if you are somebody that's been in it for a while and you've got, you know, you've only got so much time in your day and you really want to make sure it's, um, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like a two-way street. If you read, if you actually read all those things that you're supposed to send them, um, maybe I'm getting fired up. I, well, that is the theme of today's episode. I completely agree. And again, maybe it is because I'm not a baby agent. I am in agreement with you. I could not in good faith allow or work with someone who wanted to work with multiple agents. I want to preface that by saying, I understand your panic buyer. Uh, yes. Like I understand that if you, in your mind, if you have a greater team, let's say across a Metroplex or whatever city you're in, in your mind, you have a better chance of getting a house, especially if you're on a timeline. However, on this end of it, that means I could run at lightning speed the way I do for all my clients and work my tushy off, take time away from my family, my child, work nights and weekends, all to not see this through. Mm-hmm. And that is not where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. to your exact point yeah. about what type of, you know, how long we've been doing this. And I also agree with the exclusivity because to me, you have to trust me 100%. Mm-hmm. I have to trust you 100%. We are a team. And I don't really need like a I don't need another person coming in there screwing these dynamics up. Well, and then you're yeah. getting and then you're getting way different advice. I would assume you're getting way different advice. You, um, yeah, like another realtor agent could do things differently, or it's it, you know you and I I think give a ton. Um, we boundaries are really not our best. We give our souls. We give our souls to our clients. I mean, really, and so. You know, I did hear of a scenario an agent was talking into this that they tried it out, essentially. And, you know, there was this house that the other agent was going to show them, but they couldn't. And they weren't communicating to them. Hey, we really want to see this house. Like, so-and-so. Like, First of all, to have the audacity to even come to your other. No, I love you, buyers. Yes. (laughs) Um, But maybe, you know, maybe you get into this scenario and you're like, oh, this other agent is nothing like Kaylin. Like, I don't, you know, I need all the information. And I'm it's just, you've got to stream. I I, I can, there are scenarios I'm sure out there in the world where you did this and you got your dream house in your dream neighborhood. I get it. There are neighborhoods in Fort Worth that are very hard to get into. And, um, but usually if it works out in your favor to have exclusivity, to have hundred percent trust, to have, um, you know, one line of communication, yes. you know, um, it's, it, no, it's, and it's, I don't make people sign, uh, you know, exclusive agreements necessarily on the buyer's end. Um, cause I'm very open to, to like, I want this to work. And if at any point it's not, you need to tell me like we need, you know, like, so I think if you have that too, buyers feel a little more comfortable that I'm the same way. I also don't know, normally do a buyer's exclusive 
agreement yeah. because if you don't want to work with me, mm-hmm. I am not going, I want what's best for you. Like mm-hmm. if you truly believe someone else can do it better, I'm, I want that for you. Like, obviously my ego is going to be hurt a little bit. I'm going to be a little sad about it, but I'm also going to assume that it's going to work out best for both of us. So I don't make them sign anything, Yeah, but I feel so stupid saying what I'm about to say, but like, I like monogamy in a buyer's, <laughs> in a buyer's <laughs> relationship with an agent and buyer. Like I think that's a t-shirt or something. I, again, the merch that we can come up with from this episode. I just feel like, how are we going to trust each other if we're not being exclusive to each other? And it just gets too, it gets too hairy. And I think at the end of the day too, I I would say, I, I want what's best for you. And if you think this is kind of how you want to have this process go, go for it. And I really, truly wish you the best. I just can't, I don't want to be a part of this. It's too confusing. Um, You know, so Again, I'm not going to shame them or, you know, I'll cry inside for like four days. I mean, that's, we know that like, um, but I'm going to do my best to have a straight, a a good face because it's, it has happened. It has happened. um, I could not believe the amount of times we heard it. We did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that to me was like, oh my gosh, this is something we have to touch on. And I don't know, maybe we'll ask like our broker about it or something. One had like a family member do this to her, I think. And I was like, oh, bless. Oh, again, how crushing, right? Yeah. So soul crushing. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm loving that we were in agreement about that. Yeah. Well, I didn't really know how to respond until I did. And I just said, no. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. Somebody call me. Um, okay. So what's the next scenario on our list? Um, oh, it's exciting. Lead-based paint. <laughs> the topics are coming in. Um, and um, so for, you know, just to kind of uh, tell you real quick what we're talking about, lead-based paint before 1978 was sometimes used in homes. So we have disclosure that buyers and sellers sign. Usually the seller says, I don't know of any lead-based paint. And the buyers have to just, it's just, I don't think I've ever in 12 years seen a seller say, I know there's lead-based paint. <laughs> I have uh, never had never, a seller disclose. No. Never. So, but then there is another box on this form that's, you know, just so the buyer knows what lead-based paint is. And they technically have this right to have a lead-based paint assessment done, which is not an inspection. It's a whole process. And someone has to be like certified. You have in to it. be certified, um, you know, and you you know, you can check box one or two, or we waive the right to do that, or yes, we want to do it, you know. And again, in 12 years, I've never had a buyer do a lead-based paint test. No, no, I've never had anyone do it. And also, because I think it's coming in touch with two things. One, to your point, nobody has lived in these houses probably originally. Two, they probably assumed there was no lead-based paint being used. And three, they've probably repainted. They've repainted a lot. Like our scenario is kind of a story almost, and I'll let you Maybe okay. tell the story and then Because it was presented to me. Well, yeah, but then I want to, I'll respond to how I would react. Perfect. And then I want to hear how you would react. Okay, perfect. So the scenario that was given to us was the listing agent had done all of her due diligence in regards to these addendums that we're referring to, which was to have their seller fill out the lead-based paint addendum, make sure that they did were truthful in how they responded. This particular seller said they were not aware of any lead-based paint. And then they had the buyer subsequently, when submitting the offer, fill out the form that said, I believe it basically, and I'm not going to do an additional assessment. The inspection rolls around And before the listing agent is presented with the actual inspection report, the agent reaches out and literally says the phrase, you know, there's lead-based paint in this house, right? And I'm just going to pause there because the way that that was phrased had me- That's cute. (laughs) Cute. Cute. 
There's nothing is, cute about lead-based paint, but anyway. But would be exactly how I'd want to respond. Um, and just how that was phrased, oh, which was, I mean, the drama. But to to present it to the listing agent in a way of, of uh, as if it was a fact, which by the way, we we there was no evidence at this point. Right. And then to conclude it with, you knew that, right? That statement also then yeah. tries to implicate the listing agent in that they've done something wrong. Oh, you've hi- you've hidden it. That's or, exactly yeah. right. So I I kind of know how the rest of the scenario played out, but I'm going to stop there. I just want to hear how you would handle that if this was presented to you. Um, I would say, okay, how how do you know that? Right, right, and then you know, see what they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, how they respond would, you know, kind of let me know how I would respond. Because if they just say, oh, the inspector thinks that, or dad thinks that, or yes. we think we saw, and that's not a fact. No. To do a lead-based paint assessment is an actual process. You have, like you said, it is, um, and I'm pretty sure you have to let the seller know you're doing it. Same thing with a hydrostatic test. You have to let the seller know you're doing it. Exactly. Um and so I think I would just be really calm and, and say, tell me more about that. That's right. <laughs> um, because I don't like the way it was said, right? You know, there was mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would just try to dig in, like, well. Those are serious implications being made uh-huh. over something that is a serious issue. Okay, Donna. How? That's right. Karen, listen. Karen. That's cute. Yeah. But how? Yeah. I so mean, then it would, like, that would kind of, if they said, oh, well, we had a lead-based paint Done, I would get pretty mad. <laughs> because you just signed an, adem- yeah. an amendment yeah. that said you were not going to conduct this additional Because test. to be honest with the, the civilians out there, there probably are a lot of homes that used to have lead-based paint or had lead-based paint in them at one point. They've all been painted over. They're, from what I've been told, there is no you know real huge risk. It's something you need to be aware of. But um, like to make a blanket statement like that, it would make me it would make me upset if they did that lead-based paint assessment and didn't tell us. Then the seller would have to disclose something that most other sellers don't know. And like I'm not saying, you know what I'm trying to say like Oh, 100%. It's putting us in a no category. No seller knows for sure. That's right. Unless you were like your grandfather built the house and there's pictures of him with a paint <laughs> can that say lead-based paint. <laughs> Um, you have to, as a buyer, just understand what it is, why you have this form, what are the risks. I get that. There's this whole like 28 page. Oh yeah. But there's a pamphlet we sent. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure everybody reads. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying it's not like an issue, but you just have to be kind of aware of it. But most sellers don't know that. And if you do this, if you say, we're not going to do it, it's not no big deal to us, we understand. And then you still do it somehow. Yes. Without getting our permission or without letting me know. Oh, I'd be pissed. I'd be so mad. For my Again, sellers. Because this amendment is here for us to all be on the same page. Yeah. Like we are aware we're buying an old house. We don't think there's any of this. Uh, when I get one material. with that check, I'd make them change it. Oh, you do? Wait, I've, I love done that before. this. Well, because here's the other thing. That's the seller. But because... I bet you're going to say the same thing I am, which is, do they really understand what they're saying? Yeah. Like, yes, they reserve the right. Of course they do. But do they have access to that? Are they going to be able to do it in a certain amount of time? Are they going to, again, the way, the amount of paint that has been put over most of these baseboards, 
I would love to know. Actually, we should just probably get a lead-based expert on. I know, we should, on. I actually don't know. <laughs> How are they going to find that out? And it's another out of the contract. Totally. So if you're representing the seller the best way you can, you have to know, make sure you understand all those outs. So it, it provides additional 10 days for them to back out. Yes. And I don't think... If I'm, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure they can back out for any reason. Like Mm -hmm. if you read the amendment, I could be wrong. We'll fact check this before we, but I think the way it's read is just says we have the right to do this and the right to terminate in 10 days. Yes. Not like if it has it or, you know, that's right. It's just another way to tie up your property that, um, but also I'm not saying you can have buyers have it. Do it if you want to. Yes. But You've got, there's a process. You've got to let the seller know. You've got to follow what you signed yep. from the get-go. And I'm fired up about I'm this. I'm fired up about okay, it what would too. You do? I, would, I would do the exact same thing until I had actual facts in front of me. First of all, the way it was phrased, totally inappropriate. So drama, so unnecessary, cute. Secondly, um, the fact that I know they probably did not conduct the actual assessment in which right. would prove it is already showing so many red flags to me. So that means an inspector is either running their mouth. Sorry, uh, love you inspectors, yes. but that happens. Or an agent is speaking out of turn. Right. And to assume and to kind of put that back on us and imply that we have lied in some way, that's already ticking me off, obviously. So yes, I would sit there and say, tell me more. Yeah. I loved how you phrased I, that. I that was perfect. Please tell me more because until I have actual facts in front of me, I'm not going to panic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't, Mm-mm. but you just brought up something that I want to touch on very briefly. Cause I don't, you know, we, we as Asians can't give away all our secrets, but I do <laughs> laugh that I feel like 2021 taught us not only how to like look at a contract the way that we always have, right. And in the best interest of either our buyers or sellers, but it taught us the ways to get out of a contract. You know, there's like, I forgot how there's so many ways. There's so many ways. And I remember literally 40, I'm not joking. There was a a CE class that about that. But isn't that wild that you, you do this business for X amount of years and you're looking at this contract in the way of obviously everything we're doing in this contract is to make sure my buyer feels comfortable and safe. And then all of a sudden these crazy years crept up and we suddenly had to look at this contract like in a different way. Like we would check boxes that we would have never checked before that suddenly helped us get out. If in fact we were in a bad scenario, Mm -hmm. I have found that fascinating. Mm -hmm. It feels strategic and it just feels like a different industry. I feel very grateful for a brokerage who is educated on us on these types of things. Um, But I I just wanted to like note that. Yeah. There was a realtor that I know of that kind of made it his thing that he would do no option period on his offers because you're trying to compete in 2021. But he knew of another way. I think it had to do with the seller's disclosure because technically this is, this is going away off course, but just an example, you can, your offer looks like, oh my gosh, no option period. Awesome. Yes. But there's another thing that says, I'm going to get the seller's disclosure in two days or, or um, I know exactly. And then what from there about. I have seven days yes. to back out for whatever reason, or there's a survey. Like if you don't get the survey, like yes. he had this like method that I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. No. But, um, that was able to make it look like they were doing no option period, which they weren't, but there was like 17 other ways that the buyers could, could still back out and yeah. get their earnest money back. Yeah. I agree. It's shady though. Cause then the, the seller accepts it and they still do an inspection or something. And they're like, mm. it's definitely not the way you and I no. do business, but it is good to be on our toes and be aware of if other buyers agents are yeah. doing that. Cause obviously to read that contract line by line by line to ensure, yeah, you gotta be aware of it, yeah. but it's fascinating.
We have one more scenario. Okay. And I will tell you, we had so many submitted that we are going to do another episode of this because we are really, really hopeful that the you and I debating this basically, which we've been in agreement I mean, the whole time. I know. But of how we would handle these, again, I'm hoping it just like gives a little bulletin board for all the listeners that are agents out there of like, oh, I don't know how I would have handled that or I would have handled it the same way as Caitlin or yeah. Heather, blah, blah, or blah. Or I had no idea that could happen. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so the last scenario that was presented to us was you have a buyer who wants to purchase a home that's been remodeled and you are the agent. As you're going through, you've noticed that there's a lot of work that has been done to the house. You have an inspector come through and as the inspector is leaving, he looks at your buyers and he says, just so you know, there's been a lot of work done to this house. You should call the city and find out if everything has been permitted. And said inspector leaves. There you are stuck with your with your buyers I'm who are looking at you. I know who are looking at you. Which again, mm-hmm. so we got mm-hmm. these submissions, and I was like, oh, did they read my diary? Mm-hmm. Like, were they there when I did some of these? But again, just shows you how many of us go through these things. Um, but but I'm wondering how would you handle that with your buyer? Because I have so many thoughts. Oh my gosh, this is a tough one. Um, I. Inspector leaves and it's just the baby guy who's staring at me with wide eyes. Dull um, eyes. I think again, if there are if there are no if if there aren't any major issues, I would kind of say, okay, how does this change if it wasn't permitted, like how does that change your view on the house? Like, are you not gonna buy the house because it wasn't permitted? Or, you know, or is it just something to be aware of? Um, because I actually have had this happen recently and so the the owner was not the one that did the work so it's not even like right. they could have you know it was two owners ago oh my god and i did learn a lot because there are there can be some issues with it not being permanent if you go to do for example okay okay i would have to dig deeper is what i guess what i'm asking because um and i also would pull that inspector right back in yes and say tell me more okay great that's what i did the because, theme of this episode. Tell me more. I asked the inspector in front of them, like, okay, what does this mean? If it wasn't permanent, what should they be concerned about? And he was able to tell me, for example, if the electricity was the one in question, if it was permanent or not. He said, if you go to put in, like, if you can go in and convert this to a gas range mm. and it wasn't permitted, there will be, they're going to make you do, so, I forgot what it was. Oh, but there would stressful. There would, they might, I don't know. So that was learning for, like, you know, that was good for me to know. And then then you can go to your buyers and say, are you ever going to change it to gas? Or, yes. Um, they actually moved forward with the house and okay. everything was fine. I've, it was just something that I really hadn't thought much of. Um, unless there's an issue, if there's issues, then we can ask, we can look more into it. But if the, overall the house is in great shape, but we just, for extra knowledge when I call the city and find out if it's permanent. I guess, again, understanding what, what happens if it's not. Okay. And also how does this change your, your feeling of the house and totally. And if it doesn't, these particular people did call the city and they, oh, you they know, did. like, I think so. Yeah. Um, bless them. <laughs> the thought, the thought of getting a hold of the city right now but, to find out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to come across too like harsh, but I'm. I guess I want to know more information, and that's what yeah. I did. Yeah. Because I just said, what you know, if it's not permanent, how does that change our 
our situation right now. It's just fascinating to me because when I heard this scenario, I also, I had been through this once or twice before and there were no like structural things that had been done to the house. Like there wasn't an add-on or, you know, it was a lot of interior remodeling and so on and so forth. And I'm so glad you're bringing up your experience because again, now I'm learning because I love that you were like, okay, how does that impact us? Because in the scenarios I was in, it was so much cosmetic stuff that I had to do kind of what you did when the inspector left. I, I looked at the buyers and I said, is if this was not permitted, are you going to not move forward with the house? Mm-hmm. In both scenarios, they were like, no, we love it. It doesn't matter yeah. to us. Yeah. But I love what you're saying because to me, I often get a little jaded I I obviously think permits are very important and I do think for the, you know, right project, it has to be used and done. But I get a little jaded that some of the things, if you look on the city's website to get permitted, you like, look at, you're like, you're kidding. You're joking me, you know, because it just kind of feels like they want some money for it. But I'm so glad you shared your story because I now will be like, tell me more. It's more about the issues. Like in this particular example, there were some things the inspector thought was strange because if it had been permitted, then it should have been done up to code. There were red flags. But we had the electrician out and he actually kind of counter, he, you know, something. Oh, great. So I guess it can be a good I wouldn't just necessarily tell a buyer to start there. Call the city. Right. Have the inspection. If there are a lot of red flags with this electrical work, it's really shoddy work. It's like you've got duct tape hanging up. You know, that would be a point where I would say, let's look into this. And if anything, it's a huge negotiation for you as a buyer's agent to say, hey, not only is this all wrong, it's going to have to be redone. It wasn't permanent and it should have been. Yes. You know. And that's when we bring in the experts. Right. I cannot stress that enough. But I don't think you have to, as a buyer, just start there. Like I agree. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, if you want to, great. But that sounds horrible to me. Doesn't it? (laughs) Like we're we're already dealing with enough, and we have like two days left in the option period. Now we have to try to get a hold of somebody in the city that the buyer just know, and they ultimately decide. Like for example, there was um, I had a listing, and I know that the back house had not been permitted. Like oh. I know that. And I was very open. I had the, bu- I'm sorry. It wasn't my listing, but I have, it's in my neighborhood. I okay. happened to know it was not. Okay. And I just told my buyers that, like I said, this was not approved. This was not permitted. They were fine. They were fine. They were like, we're just, you know, they're not going to rent it out. They were going to use it as a, as a gym or something. Oh. And they're like, okay. And isn't that funny that like, again, even based on the neighborhood, someone like the tolerance of certain buyers based on like what the expectations are already in the neighborhood, like your neighborhood is historical. Like it's older. There's going to be stuff in there. Of course it wasn't permitted. Like God knows when it was done. You know, this was like a housing horse and buggy at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just hysterical to me because, and then you can go, obviously you're going to go 20 miles west of here and you'd be like, I'm sorry, did you just say that wasn't permitted? You know, and it's like, get out of here. We're not buying this house. Um, wild. It's wild. This has been fun. Holy crap. And and we have got more, we but do. again, we're going to wait. We're going to hold mm-hmm. off on some of these. Well, you know what I want? Of course, not to, you know, because we're already fired up. Yeah. Um, and I often say, fight me. I'm kidding. I'm really kidding. You had the funniest advice for your buyers who are buying older homes in regards to the lead-based paint. Don't chew the baseboard. <laughs> I have literally said that. Wait, guys, we're just trying to keep you safe out here. Yeah. Um, and this Do is this is our advice. Chew up the baseball. I think that's a safe. That's fine. Um, but what I'd like to do is hear 
from other agents if they agree or disagree yeah. and how they would have handled it and if they've dealt with these scenarios yeah. before. And Dying. give us some more scenarios too. That's right. We have That's fired right. up. <laughs> we have fired up. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Well, uh, love seeing you, sis. This is so great as I, always. I hope next week is cooler. I can feel it. I can feel I'm it. We're sweating. Will- <laughs> We're willing it in to the air. In the words of Maddie McKittrick, it's freaking hot outside. It's frickin- <laughs> Yes, she did say that. Yes, I had to tell her she's not allowed to say that. And I couldn't do it with a straight face. But can you have her do it again and record it just one time? 100%. And (laughs) And then tell her no more. Yes. Okay, perfect. We're going to come back in cooler temps and we're going to approach this uh, along with some other topics here in the next couple of weeks. But thank you for joining me, my friend. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Always be closing. Hello, I live here. Always be closing. I've never been to your apartment. So real. What else do we need?